Happy Monday to you. Welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin back with you, your favorite podcasters of Let's Open the Bible. I'm going to always, can I refer to you as Kata? I, I did, I did that before. Back, yeah, that's going to be you from now on, Kata. can't remember the theme song. I used to watch that. Welcome back. Doo-doo. <laughs> I don't remember the doo-doo song being part of the, the uh, show. Uh Listener, thank you for uh, indulging us in our uh, bad dad jokes. Uh, don't don't oh, go there. Oh my goodness! We're bad bad dad. Uh, today we're going to be in so we're going to continue our discussion of Psalm one thirty nine. So if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open your Bible, and uh, we're going to look at verses thirteen through sixteen, and get into some uh, some interesting conversation here today. No question about that. I trust that you were in God's house. Uh, and worshiping him, I hope and pray that you were and, and that you've been wrestling with uh, whatever aspect of Scripture you're reading. Uh, I know I, I have been doing that as well. Russ, you, you and I, um, we, we record these at weird times, and so I, I don't like the anach- anachronistic nature of these where we try to pretend we're in a different time addressing it. So I don't like that. I, but, but So I don't want to pretend you've already had the service that you have not yet had. So I'm asking for last week when we're recording these. How was your service this past weekend? I thought it was great. Okay. You were saying earlier, and I really appreciated it, that, that the church needs to worship like it, you felt it did. They needed to come, just kind of come before God and just say, wow, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think just, you know, we talked a little bit about the righteous requirements of the law and, and why Christ died, and we're going through Ruth, so we talked about, you know, how kinsman he qualified redeemer. himself as the kinsman redeemer, yeah. and, yep. you know, so it was good. And then so you just really referred good. to Tone Loke, you referenced your famous and favorite yeah. theologian, Tone Loke. Right, so. when I said, let's do it. Let's do it. By the way, coming back from vacation, did you preach? I did, uh, Yes. I absolutely did. Okay, and God, and God was God was merciful in in so many different ways, and good and gracious, and and so, um, yeah, He spoke through a donkey this weekend. But but I I enjoyed John fifteen. You had Shrek there. Yeah. Okay. Me. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to um, ask you to open us in prayer, and then I'll read the, the text. All right. Heavenly Father, um, it is just beautiful to come before your throne of grace, and uh, as Russ and I have been often doing lately, coming broken and healed broken because of our sin, broken because of the world that is around us and and turning on the news or, or listening to podcasts, other podcasts, and just realizing, God, that the, the world is um, operating under the authority of demonic activity, fleshly desires, and, uh, and a world that pulls against you. And God, to be healed by the cross, that, that lamb that was slain for the sins of the world, that is a beacon of hope to all who come. Come unto Jesus, all you who are weary and heavy heavy laden, and he will give you rest. We are to take his yoke upon us and learn of him, for he is meek and lowly of heart. And so, God, I I love that, that we just keep going through the gospel in our minds and in our hearts over and over again. What a healing, what a healing process. Uh, And we are being transformed um, by the renewing of our mind, and we are being, um, we are growing from one degree of glory to another as we contemplate that gospel. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, as we open up Your Word, I pray that we would do so uh, with wisdom, and we would do so with knowledge, and we would do so accurately. May You cause the words that are uh, resembling Your Word to take root in the hearts of people, and even more than that, may You cause Your Word to work a wondrous work in the hearts of of people. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. 
Again, this is a Psalm of David and uh, picking up uh, in Psalm 139, verse 13, he says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Hmm. You want to take a stab at that? You want to just walk through? What jumps out at you? What and, and again, one of the questions that you won't hear me ask is, what does this mean to you? I don't, I don't like the question. I don't like the implications. I don't like where it leads. It's not even what it means to us. It is our, it is our best effort, and we do fail. We we are not the oracles of of, of God. Like we we are not we are not prophets or the sons of prophets. Are you? No. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, w- we need to be prophetic in that we speak God's word, but but we are not uh, prophets in that we are inerrant, inspired, perfect, and every jot and tittle of what comes out of our mouth or what we pen on paper is is perfect. So, but it's not what it means to us. So what do you see in this text? Well, um, I actually quoted part of this text on uh, on Sunday. And this is that sanctity, sanctity of life passage that a lot of people uh, use on the Sanctity of Life Sunday when they talk about um, being formed in the mother's womb and, and being fearfully and wonderfully made. But actually, the, the f- one thing that, that always uh, jumps out at me in this text that deals really, I think, with God's omnipotence is um, the days that are fashioned, all of in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. And that gets kind of, this is the Psalm 139 version of, of Ephesians 1, uh, where we, we know that from before the creation bef- uh, account, presumably before God said, let there be light, um, he knew our he, he knew our days. He ordered our days. Sure. So, so the sanctity of life, the holiness of life is established here. Uh, we see it in other places in Scripture that, that Paul was set apart in his mother's womb. You have John the baptizer leaping in Elizabeth's womb at the, at the um, presence of Christ, right, in Mary's womb. So, so, so we understand that God is active and that life begins at conception. True? I mean, uh, yes. any, anything you want to add to that? No, I, that's okay. exactly right. Then you have this this argument that that looks a lot like this. God doesn't make mistakes. Is that a true statement? Yes. Okay. Uh, therefore, whatever proclivities I have, wh- wh- whatever desires that I have in terms of relationships with other people or anger or or alcohol or anything else, God doesn't make mistakes, and He made me this way. Right. right? So they're blaming God for their sin. Okay. So that's that's called an enthymeme. Right, it's a syllogism with one of the the prepositions is um, uh, assumed, so it's not stated. So God doesn't make mistakes, and therefore anything I do is acceptable. The missing component of that um, is that God doesn't make mistakes, and I am only the product of of God, His His design in His hand, and there's nothing else at work in that womb, and therefore every, anything that comes out of the womb in terms of a child is perfect and as it should be. And however I identify, however, you know, uh, my, my proclivities, my desires, they're all perfect. So let's, let's walk through that. Do you want to start somewhere? Well, I, I think that, uh, I know where you're going with this and, you know, in the, in the day and age in which we live, uh, this is probably like you were saying, a passage that, that some people use to justify their behavior. 
other people also use to justify their anger at God. Right. But the so, other side of that, is, you know, is that, you know, well, my child was, was born with some kind of disability or, you know, whatever. And so I blame God uh, for, for that. And then the other argument is, well, who's to say that? Okay. What is the other seed, the, the, the component of that, the seed that had to be interrupted, which is why that, that Mary, the seed was from the woman, not the seed of the man. What seed had to be interrupted in the lineage of Christ? The seed of Adam. Right. So every one of us is born with original sin. Right. We are under the curse. We we are again by nature Ephesians 2 children of wrath. We are born dead in our trespasses and sin. Psalm 51 In sin did my mother conceive me. Right? So the, I said uh proposition I meant premise. The enthymeme is is a syllogism in which a premise is assumed and the assume there that everything the, the assume there is that only God is at work in the womb. No, we we inherited the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Right. You agree with that because there's yes, some that don't. I do. Okay. So then you go, okay, when I come out of the womb, let's say I, I have a missing arm. Okay. Um, let's say that I'm cognitively, there's some comp- part of my brain that's not working. Let's say I, I, I'm, uh, you know, that, that I come out of the womb dead, you know, I mean, of course I wouldn't, but you know what I'm saying? There are children that are, that are still born and there are some, that's, uh, that is a horrific pain. Yes. And if, if that is, is, is that is, if that is you today, I want to encourage you to go and talk to your pastor and be loved and hugged. If I am your pastor and I'm ignorant of these things, please bring them to my attention. And I will, I will just, uh, uh minister to you and appreciate that because it is some of the worst, the, in fact, probably the two worst days of my life were, were seeing a stillborn child. Mm. I can't imagine. And I've had some terrible days in family and stuff with my own personal family and stuff like that. But just seeing a mama holding her baby is is just brutal. Um, and and so women, if that if that is you, I, my, my heart goes out. But that is not because God made a mistake, right. and it is not as if. And I don't want to move this out of God's jurisdiction. However, we live in a fallen world, and the effects of sin are everywhere. It's called radical depravity, depravity, the moral depravity that has crept into every part of our lives, and and sin has affected every relationship that you have, every single one. It doesn't matter if it's the love of your life; sin has affected that relationship. Sin has affected every job you have. The the that is by the sweat of your brow that and thorns and thistles will consume the produce that you're trying to to work in the ground. Like your work has been hindered by sin, the world groans and grunts. Do you understand that when in, in in the new heaven and the new earth there will be no like earthquakes or these things that that destroy? Everything will be at perfect rest and peace, and shalom will be reestablished. So so what else? Uh, health, your health. Do you think there's going to be death and dying in the new heaven and the new earth? No, everything will be restored perfectly. So so uh, when you say God doesn't make mistakes, I go Amen and Hallelujah. Well, then why am I born this way? Well, because you have the seed of Adam. Let's walk through how that looks in, a, in another way. Let's say eventually they can identify a gene in you that is prideful. R- Russ, right? Yeah, I've got it. You've got it? They've identified it. It's I don't even know how they refer to the genetic code or something like that, but let's say it's it's R375, Right? So they've identified it. They showed it that they can, and everybody that has it has a pride, just an issue of pride. And we know that the Bible says from pride only comes contention, right? 
So Russ then, because he was born that way, he can go out and fight whoever he wants. In fact, he could kill somebody because it comes from the same place in the heart. Jesus reminds us of that in the Sermon on the Mount, right? You know, it's that if you hate your brother, it comes from the same place in the heart as that murderous thought. So you might as well, you know, you could kill him. And you go, no, that's that's horrible. Or how about this? You know, we say, hey, uh, they, they've identified a gene in there that says that, uh, um, you know, uh, covetousness. They've identified a covetousness gene. Does that mean I can go rob from anybody I want? Is that, is that what that means? No, of course it doesn't because we all have these things that we will battle against. It's called, it's called wrestling against the flesh. It's called putting to death the deeds of the body. We, we are to mortify those things, not celebrate those things. Those are the, those are the mark of Adam in our lives. And so then you have to go back to, okay, if it's not, I was born this way, it's okay because there's the component of the seed of Adam in us. We have to go, okay, what makes it okay? Well, it's the righteous, uh, it's what God establishes as good and righteous. All those, that's why I want, every time I say the word good, I want you to go value laden. What does good mean? Value I'm doing laden. good. Okay, what does that mean? It means, it means God. I'm going Godward. I'm growing in my maturity. I'm, 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 I'm. Uh, mature are those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. Like I'm out there practicing what it looks like to be God glorifying and to identify God's God's goodness in the things that I'm doing and the things that other people around me are doing. I'm trying to see what sin is and what righteousness is and I'm identifying it according to God's word. Well then, okay, you have a totally different view of marriage than what is is out there today. Does that make sense? Do we need to press back on anything? No, I think you're good. So now you go, okay, now we've opened a whole nother can. God establishes what is good and evil, and, and, and he doesn't make mistakes. Got it. But the seed of Adam creeps in. So now I am born identifying as a different gender. And because God doesn't make mistakes, but I have the seed of Adam, God isn't responsible for me being born in this body. Adam is responsible for me being this, in this body. And now I'm identifying as a man. Or so, sorry, I'm a man. I'm identifying as a woman. You had me uh, a little concerned there. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you I, this I, isn't how I was. I born. thought North Lexington had just made a, a, a just a grave error. Yeah, in... yeah, yeah, yeah. Gavina. <laughs> All right, but you know, it's it's it. So I, I'm having this conversation with somebody recently. Um, the there are probably a large percentage of the believing population that is living with the fear of being attracted to the same sex and feeling like they have no one to talk to for fear of judgment or whatever. Same-sex attraction is not sinful. It becomes sinful when you act on those on that attraction and it's similar to a heterosexual attraction so i'm a guy if i'm attracted to a woman that's not sinful i'm not talking about lust i'm just talking about an attraction it's not sinful for for me to look at somebody and just appreciate their uh their appearance their beauty or whatever it is and and if if that person happens to be one that's attractive then i have to guard against that right but i have not sinned i have not lusted at this point but if i act on that attraction i have sinned and so i, I would press back on that well you're entitled to your opinion uh and so but the attraction aspect of it is not the problem in the same way that you may have a proclivity to drink or a proclivity towards uh drugs whatever it is you have to you have to mortify the flesh. 
and you, take every thought. You have to captive. take those thoughts captive. And yeah, so I mean, you have to you have to be being yeah. ready to punish your disobedience. This is in light of thoughts captive, being ready to punish every disobedience. So it's a disobedient thought that I have. Now, do I have them? Absolutely. Am I in the war? Not enough. But I better be. So like the, I think we I think we play around with sin in our thought life. Right. Yeah. And we so, and we okay. it, who can heap coals into his bosom and not be burned. Right. Okay, so I actually think that the thoughts are, and you go, okay, but but if I look at a woman, first of all, I, I've heard this argument before, and I do want to get back to the transgenderism, because what people would say is, okay, if God doesn't make mistakes, but the seed of Adam caused me to be the, in the wrong body, I identify as a woman, um, and 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 then you go to the attributes of God, which are truth, you know, he is the way, the truth in life, and so I want to be true to myself, which is a is a gross perversion of that of the, that text, and then you go, okay, and I, and love, and I, and I want to love myself, which again is is really, really brutally mangling the scripture and it, what you call, again, twisted scripture, right? Yep. It, you're just twisting it to your own destruction. As Second Peter 3 tells us that you're twisting the, the scriptures, these difficult things to your own destruction. There's no way that that is applicable. So then you have to go back to, okay, there are a whole bunch of questions I would ask about that. There are a whole bunch of things that I would walk through and say you're absolutely dead wrong. But the one question that I want to ask somebody is, Russ, how in the world do you know what a woman feels like? Yeah. And now it's going, you had proposed that before and I was going to re- remind you of that, but you got there. Good. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you know you're a woman trapped in a man's body? Well, I, I like, I like dresses. And you go, did you not listen to our whole conversation about culture and dresses and kilts and everything else? Just because you like a kilt doesn't. Well, I don't call it a kilt. I call it a dress. Well, then you're rebellious. I mean, you know, like if you have to call it the thing, so so you can just shout to the world you're a woman. First of all, you you've made a character of woman of a woman. Right. Like a woman is a dress. Are you kidding me? And secondly, if if you go okay, because I like to wear a kilt or something like that, I'm a woman. Are you kidding me? First of all, I, I, second, I, I would say that that I, I would press back against that, and I would say there's something else going on there. But if you've reduced a woman to a dress, or I, I you know, I, I like to wear lipstick or something like that, again, I would press back on why and a whole bunch of other things. But you have no. If, you have no idea what a woman is. Let's just, let's just stop there. It would be like me saying, you know, I, I identify as as a. I mean, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you use. I identify as that. You have no idea what, what people go through. You've never walked a mile in that person's moccasin. Well, you know what's coming. Uh, we recently had a, a podcast episode on AI. And uh, coincidentally, this past weekend, 60 Minutes from Australia aired a piece. I, I'll send you the link to it. Uh, the most advanced AI on the planet. Uh, it's a robot. She's got a name. She's not controlled by any human. She, I don't even like that language. But I, I it, know, but, it. but yeah, it. And so it, it is. It has a female name. It has a female voice. It has, but it is not controlled by a human at all. This this robot has the ability to think and respond to questions being asked specifically. So you know what's coming when we're talking about. Uh, I identify with, or I'm in love with, or, you know, whatever. I mean, that is inevitable. Yeah. Pe- well, people are the- going to identify as robots or even be in love with robots, want to marry a robot, all this. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's around but, the corner. Yeah. Oh, ugh. it already is here. I, I mean, I hate to say it and, and flip the radio off for a second. It's what pornography is. Yeah. It's you having a relationship with something that, that is digital image. Digital. And, and and listen, the machine is actually and not morally, but in terms of reality, is an upgrade of that. Not in terms morally. Did you hear me say that yeah, right? Yeah. But, okay. And so I, but we were we drifted away. So I don't think I fully got into the God doesn't make mistakes. Oh, this is the seed of Adam. I've been born into the wrong body. I, I would I would press back and say absolutely not. Um, th- 
that there are, this is the body that you have been given and you are body, soul, mind, and spirit. And there is a unity of those things that will be separated upon death. Um, and then will be reunited for all eternity when you have your resurrected body. So, uh, but, but, and and maybe we have to have a whole episode on that, but there was another way, direction that we were going that I kind of deviated back to this to cover it briefly and not well, but what, what, where were we going? Do you remember what we were talking about? Before I derailed us? No, I derailed us. I, I wanted to touch base on that. Uh, you said if there's a gene for anger that doesn't give me license, that we God establishes what is good yeah, and right. Yeah, and evil, if there were, if there were proven to be these genes, it, it's not an excuse for sin. Right, that, that we resist that. We, we operate under God's law for his glory um, and, and our good and our joy. But there was something else. I can't remember where we were going, and it was good. All right, let's our, get back our, to the our, text. The, the, the most intelligent things we ever think of are the things that we can't repeat. Yeah. It's kind of like that uh, episode 161. Yeah. One, our, yeah. Best, our best episode. I love how you said episode 161. You cannot miss that one. You cannot miss it. You also cannot find it. <laughs> <laughs> you will miss it. <laughs> all right. Um, let, let's just make sure we covered it all. Uh, you formed me in my own parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, ultimately, our, our existence is a good thing. Uh, you'll get some people that, that say, you know, to bring a child into this world is I yeah. would never do that. Yeah, and what that. this is saying is what, what is the first part of that, of that, that verse? Marvelous are your works. Yeah. But I will praise you. Oh yeah. I praise you. Like in that, I don't ever look at myself. I really don't. I, 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 I tend to find myself ugly and growing in ugliness. Right. And, and I don't, that's not falsely self-deprecating. Um, that's not an attempt to pit people to go, you're not that bad, which was my favorite compliment I've ever received. I, did I ever tell you that? Yeah. I had somebody did. walk in. But and I read it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody walk in and look at me and go, you're not that ugly, mm-hmm. which is my all time favorite compliment. Anyways. Um, but, but, uh, but, but so wh- how do you look at yourself with all your flaws and all your failures and go, I, I will praise you. Yeah. Because it's incredible what God has done in bringing me into this world. And while I don't look at myself and I'm not impressed, it does amaze me that God loves me. And he made me to be loved by him. The most complex organism on earth. And yet people still can't wrap their arms around a designer. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. Um, Yeah, and so and and again, it's... if, and I know I misled you on this, but if you walk away and go, I'm great, you've missed the point. You walk away and go, wow, what a marvelous creator we have. And again, uh, you know, I bring up the example of the, the, the peace paintings is what I think they're called, but Picasso drawing these pictures, these, these drawings of flowers, and it looks like a five-year-old drew them, and yet they're worth $100,000 a piece, $500,000 a piece, and it looks like a five-year-old drew them because, because the creator was impressive. Picasso, you know, and so people pay that for, not because of the, you look at them and go, wow, you don't look at me and go, wow, you go, what a creator, what is a, a designer, hmm. you know, that's pretty neat. All right. So I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, my soul knows it very well. Do you, do you ever meditate? My soul knows it very well. Deep in your, in your inner man, you know how good God is and what a great and wonderful designer he is, creator he is. And you look back and just go, wow, stand before a mountain and go, wow. Yeah. The heavens declare the glory of God, the sky above his handiwork. Like just look around you and go, wow, look at people and go, how God, how do you come up with this stuff? Yeah. That's one of the things I enjoy about people watching. Yeah. Just the, oh the, yeah. The different, uh, you know, looks that people have, the 
sizes, the shapes. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. That doesn't happen by drifting. Bury yourself in God's word. Mm. Get in God's word. I'm telling you, you don't know these things very well unless you're meditating on them in the, as Psalm 1 says, day and night. Yeah. True? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, your eyes saw my unformed substance, and not only did he see the unformed substance, we have to keep in mind that the 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 earth in Genesis 1, what is it, was void and without... Tohu vavohu, uh, formless and void. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Russ nodding his head as he's trying to get Hebrew out. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, was convulsing. It was a full get... body exercise. <laughs> Hebrew out. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Yeah. All right, we yeah, got to wrap this up. Um, challenge. But uh, but but uh, my um, so God, um, I believe, and, and this is debated. I firmly believe this that God created ex nihilo from nothing. Yeah, I agree. That he he created. The, the atoms to form, but at this point, he's reworking atoms to form you. This is not creation ex nihilo. This is forming you from the substance around you. Right. This is forming you from your mother and your father and bringing those things, uh, you know, the, uh, making that zygote and the developing it and forming it and working it. That's pretty neat, hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so this is not creating the atoms that will create you. That happened at creation. Uh, this is forming them. Okay, you were formed in your... Uh, and, and he holds uh, that all together. Uh, yeah. Amen. Yeah, he, he sustains the world by the power of his word. Okay. Uh, in your book... Uh, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, uh, when as yet they were none of them. So you have two options, Russ's option, which is wrong, but uh, or my option, which is God kind of looked down the corridors of history, saw what you would do with your life, saw how much you would smoke, saw how much you would drink, saw how much you would uh, party, saw how much you would get to the gym, saw how much you would eat, saw that you would eat vegetables and fruit or just candy like me. He saw that you would, you know, all these things. He saw your parents, your lineage, your genes, and just said, thus it shall be. Or he had a purpose. And the day he picked for you to die is the perfect day for you to die. The day he picked for you to die is the perfect day, if you are a child of his, that he said, you're ready to see me. The day he picked for you to pass is from you to go from heaven into glory, or from, from earth, sorry, into glory. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a, just a, a beautiful picture of God's love, of God's authority, I feel like it's God just anthro again anthropomorphically using human terms to describe God just walking a, a gift up just like this gift of peace to me, and He says you don't have to worry about when you'll die because I, I know it and I picked it and it's purposeful and it's perfect. Just relax. Yeah, I mean, don't relax and just sit back and be a quietist and do nothing and just you know live and let God. But but I, I think you 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 press on with the peace that God has determined your days. Right, that and he's in control. That he's in control, and he numbered them, and, and they're, it's the perfect number. I, I love that idea. The, you know, So I've said this before, I long to be in heaven, long to be in heaven, but there's work to be done here. So in terms of work, you know, Paul says in, in Philippians 1, it's fruitful labor for me. I, like, I really want to labor here and, and bear fruit here, uh, that Aragon, the carpus Aragon, the fruitful labor. And, uh, and so, um, he, he, he longs to be alive so he can do this fruitful work of, for developing people and they're furthering them in, for their progress and joy in the faith. But he rather, he wants to be in heaven too. So somewhere between yesterday when I wanted to be in heaven and 500 years from now, when I know that my work will be done, God will pick the perfect day. 
So just mm. just press on, run the race, enjoy the race. But by the way, Aragon was one of my favorite characters in Lord of the Rings. So work. <laughs> Uh, listener, thank you for uh, in, enduring with us here and in this uh, be- beautiful psalm. And uh, appreciate Gavin for extolling his um, mostly correct doctrines on us. And uh, we look forward to catching back up with you tomorrow. Until then, open God's Word, open your Bible, and wrestle with the text. God bless.